0: Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey and I am in Belfast, which is extremely exciting, and not only is that exciting, I am with uh, the team of Soft Border Patrol, uh, which is a a new comedy uh, from from Northern Ireland, and as the title suggests, it is about the putative soft border uh, that is hopefully going to exist. We record this on a day when it looks like the government is going to disintegrate and everything's going very badly with Brexit. But frankly, that could be any day, really, couldn't it? of, the, of yeah. the previous year and the next uh, year and a half. So not knowing it down. So uh, let's introduce uh, who I've got here. I have uh, Marie MacDonald. And why don't you say hello and what you do with regard to the show?
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here and I produce the show.
0: Marie McDonald is the producer of the show. Mm-hmm. We also have Alan Irwin.
2: Yes, I. Um, thank you for having me. I am <laughs> in it. I'm Sandy. I play Sandy. And-
3: Great. Uh, I'm Mark, and I was a writer and minor performer on the first series and story producer on series two.
0: Okay, here we go. Um, why don't we um, talk about how, how that show came to be um, and how people got pulled in or, or whatever. What's... how...
1: Really started with the comedy unit, which right. are the production company based in Glasgow who also makes Scott Squad, right? Um, which is another brilliant mockumentary because it's on BBC Scotland, yeah. And uh, it's now just won a BAFTA and it's in its fifth series, I think. Fifth, fifth? yeah. 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 Um, so that company, they they recognise that people in Northern Ireland are really funny, and they are people. You know, they have great sense of humour, and yeah. you know, just brilliant comedians and all. Um, so they really wanted to work here and they were very much working alongside Keith Martin and the BBC writers room here mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. Yeah, um, And just the whole Brexit subject matter and what could we do here about it and in that mockumentary format, it just really suited at the time when everyone was trying to sort out what was going to happen with the border. Yeah. Who knows, then the whole idea of soft border patrol was generated. So through, through the comedy unit and the Northern Ireland BBC Writers Room right. um, they got together all their writers and the, the people that are in their grips and their schemes and so lots of sketches were submitted and the first series is difficult because we didn't really know what okay. we were almost well we knew it was a mockumentary we knew sort of the format and the style but I mean Brexit was so up in the air we were we were writing stuff, and then it was coming true in the news. And we we're then we we're writing stuff, going, nah, no, this is ridiculous," and then it's actually not that far fetched yeah. when you read today's news. Absolutely. So there's yeah. a lot of that back and forth, and just yeah, so much material from the writers' room, to, like loads and loads and loads that we would pick, select all the best stuff. Okay,
0: and, so so we're a load of writers given this kind of brief. Yeah. And then was it was it whose job was it to kind of collate it all and turn it into some kind of because it it doesn't feel because you're making it sound. You're making it sound a little bit incoherent, as in not knowing the backstory at all. I just watched the first episode and yeah. just thought, oh, it's a show. This this works. Yeah. This is a this is a lovely, funny show about people trying to make the best of it. You know, it's a very optimistic, <laughs> funny. You know what I mean? I just I really enjoyed it because it was like there's this complete dog breakfast of a political solution here, and this is what it looks like. It's just, it's just you know Joe Schmo on the ground trying yeah. to make it work, trying to tell a farmer that he can't have a yeah. A plank across his. Yeah. But his that's that's the thing. That's what the border field.
1: looks like in yeah. some places. So I think the majority of the comedy that we do in Soft Border Patrol isn't mm. generated in reality. It's come it's come from the news. It's come from the yeah. situation. It's come from what's happening yeah. in border areas at the minute. So it was it was just quite easy to draw from all that reality mm. and a, a normal situation, no matter how ridiculous it is, yeah. is actually happening. So we just laugh at it.
0: Yeah. Brilliant, I mean, so how did it come, so you've got all this material then suddenly starts mm-hmm. turning up on emails yeah. or whatever, and somebody has to sort of go through it and turn it into something
1: kind of Yeah, that coherent. would be us kind of in the comedy unit as well. Yeah. So, because we knew we had a certain amount of characters we needed, so we knew right. we'd have a couple of sets of officers, we knew there'd be like a boss person, mm. which is the character of Lisa. Yeah. Um, so the sketches were sort of divided up that way this will work for guys here in the countryside like a single you mm. know lone wolf as uh, Sandy is lone uh, wolf. <laughs> yeah so like a lot of sketches <laughs> suited him and that character a lot of the stuff we knew would be driven from like an executive position like Lisa's character yeah. um all the formal the chat and yeah, the, yeah. the public face of it and then it's just sort of divided between all that themes tend to generate naturally then right with all the sketches so like one episode um we called the eyes of the world um and it was a big incident and you know the fish and all that stuff okay. so but it's all connected throughout um something's gone wrong Yeah. so there's a general theme running through each episode and we sort of just tie it all together
0: right um so uh to what extent i get the sense it was, it was a little bit improvised on set is that i mean how much
2: yeah there was sort of like a basically a scene outline with yeah you know Different points. Some some scenes, I suppose, were written more detailed than others.
1: This but there was, year, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so,
2: that, but there was sometimes a lot to go off the page, or sometimes it was like a paragraph, you know, that turned into a big thing. It just depends mm-hmm. on.
0: And so, so you're not, so you're not going in with a script. Like, here is version one. We'll try that, and then I mean, I think that's the thick of it. Process is, okay, we're gonna we write this. Then there may be some rehearsals, and then they rewrite it, and then they they perform it, and then they perform it again it's like okay make it up this time that's fine it sounds like you didn't even we don't have
3: that second stage so um, just the nature of it the time we don't have time to bring Alan in and every actor that he's going to be performing with to do a rehearsal Um, so a lot of our actors will meet out or the performer on the set right? or in makeup and they're like is it you? oh okay and they don't have time to go through it and we, you know, and you do notice when something is kind of over-rehearsed, yeah. you can really kind of, yeah. it loses that natural feel that yeah, a lot yeah. of the series had. Um, like, you know, you can kind of tell just from the way a line is said or the way it's edited that that, that came up and that, that, you know, it was made up on the spot. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there was one occasion, I'll be vague, but there was a couple of actors who uh, rehearsed a little bit. And when they did the scene, you're like... Uh, that's that's now a real sitcom yeah. scene or that's yeah. like a stage scene now.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's so true. Cause, cause you, yeah, because once you once you then start to deviate from that house style, you're gonna. It's just gonna have a different tone to it. It's very hard to put your finger on it. I mean, it may and also maybe sometimes you don't even notice it until you look. Yeah. watch it back.
1: I think you can tell when actors are acting, and yeah, in, with the the nature of this and the way we do it. Um, the performer or the actor has to think so much about what they're going to say next or what the person yeah. they're playing opposite is going to say to them and how they're going to respond that everything just becomes more natural because yeah. you're concentrating so much on, yeah. on that rather than giving your delivery.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, so in, in which case you're going to need some actors with a fair bit of uh, improv experience who, could, who know how to listen and then build yeah. on it. Um, how did you go about, you know, pulling people together to, to was, do that? It was a big casting process. Yeah, it's huge. Like, like Alan
3: said, it's his first acting role. You know, uh, basically, they, they, they cast a really wide net uh, for comedy performers, actors, and stand-up comedians mm-hmm. um, who who could audition for this. And I think Keith Martin in the writer's room suggested a bunch of names. And he threw my name down just because I played a small part in something years ago. I don't act at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Alan, because you knew Alan was a good comedian, he'd been to see him and they'd met before. Uh, so everyone showed up. And all of a sudden, we were seeing actors in... There was, there was a Oh, it starts off with a uh, sit-down audition first.
1: Yeah, so yeah, sit down first and we'll just stick a camera mm. in the background and invite the actor in, in character. Right. And then we'll speak to them in character and okay. we'll quiz them in character. Okay, and, and wow,
3: that's cool. They bring yeah. their own character, you know. Okay. So yeah. Whether that's a patroller or... Uh, someone being yeah. stopped at the board and or, some characters yeah. were, were
1: born that way you know someone, right. a couple of people came in and and the character that they did was like oh that's great we'll have that right. some actors who got roles came in with a completely different character and, mm. and we were like really brilliant bra- performance but yeah. maybe just try this instead and, yeah. or be this character instead so it was really a really lovely way to do it wow this
0: is a very time consuming process is yeah. isn't it Months.
1: yeah but
3: you can see how it pays off because when it so that was the first stage and then we look at them we'll get, get an email going oh it's these guys again oh I've made it through to the group audition stage you are know, like what's that you know because um, we don't we don't act normally so we you go to that and then all of a sudden you're in a room with say 15 people Yeah. and they pair you up and it was like it was. It was a lot of fun. It was like yeah. improv games, I kind I know it again. sounds like a
0: school playground to me. It's
1: yeah. like hell, but that's you why I'm a writer. Given scenarios, and yeah. Told go. You know, like okay. I think I got
2: four or five different combinations of people just to see how. Yeah. And yeah. then they went. Oh no, he's better on his own. So
3: It okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. doesn't It's well, well not good. believable. He'd have <laughs> friends. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> or yeah. that you could handle it. Yeah. Because you know, delivering all that on your own is quite tough, and the other performers have a, a partner to bounce back off. Yeah. Whereas you know, a lot of time you're. What I found in
2: I think both auditions was that. Anybody I knew who was an actor that was going for it was actually more afraid than the people who were stand ups. Okay. Because the whole idea of, you know, you have some points to hit, but you kind of riff around it mm-hmm. yeah. is basically what most stand ups do. Yeah. So it felt more natural. While if I'd had a script that I had to learn lines and come
1: mm-hmm.
2: in and audition that way, I first of all, I have a terrible memory. Um, That's, you know, as these guys will test. sometimes, mm. a lot of takes to hit the points. Um, but. It, it just lent itself more to what I'd already been yeah. doing, so it didn't feel intimidating to yeah. play off somebody else. Like I've never done improv as such, yeah. but it's not a million miles. Away. Yeah. yeah,
0: stand up. You are you. Are, stand up is still improv to an extent because you are bouncing off the audience and some. Yeah. You know, you're riding waves, really, aren't you? Rather mm-hmm. than you know reciting material, is not a great. Uh, well it doesn't work for most people anyway no. I guess uh, you know
1: it did stay the same though during filming as well as, as what you've just said like some of the people that are in it who are a- traditional actors who've mm. always just acted were so much more nervous mm. on the mornings you know having their breakfast and getting their hair and makeup done and stuff and so, so much more nervous than the, any of the guys and girls that are, you know, yeah. have comedy backgrounds or yeah. stand up experience.
0: Occasionally, ill-conceived confidence. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, but, but actually, that's what but it that's takes. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, uh, you're presumably shooting a lot more than you were using, and in that first series, presumably, were you shooting yeah. a lot, shooting a lot, and that's a huge we edit. Shot
1: a huge amount of stuff, a yeah. huge amount of material, and just so we have lots of options too. Yeah. Also. Uh, by the time we finished filming and then edited everything, the the whole world could have changed yeah. around Brexit and things. Yeah. And what, we did have to go back and do some ADR, actually, um, when a, a law changed okay. that we had actually specifically mentioned a, a right. sketch around. Right. So we had to do some clever... did <laughs> It was so, too good yeah. to lose, so we just like flipped it and just okay. did put some ADR. Said,
0: before so. this law changed, <laughs> a situation like this happened. Yeah, it's changed <laughs> so recently. So it seemed
1: really fresh as okay. well, which is good. Wow,
0: that's <laughs> real attention to detail.
2: I, yeah. think, I think that's yeah. the reason why, I mean, if you watch it, at no point is it really clear what powers this. You know, <laughs> yeah. is he has? They never but never deliberately, it, because really.
0: otherwise it could date quite quickly. Yeah, you know, there's...
1: or we might give the government ideas. Well, that's also awesome, well, that's, awesome. that's
0: the thing. Yeah, life imitating <laughs> art and vice versa. Um, so. Uh, so you got it to You managed to cut it down Cut it down Were you guys Who was looking at edits Who was I was Yeah, yeah
1: Myself and the Executive producer Rab Christie okay. From the comedy unit Right And obviously the commissioner In BBC Yeah Justin
0: But not uh, No other writers Just you guys Yeah just us Okay yeah. I guess because there's no No one's really Authored it other no. than you guys because you're kind of assembling yeah. it to some yeah. extent Plus
3: those guys had done Scott Squad for so many years and their yeah. editors are amazing they're yeah. so used to watching hours of really long takes and finding the gold in it yeah. so uh-huh. you kind of just need those minds in that room no, okay. I, uh, yeah, it's not really. Uh, a yeah, on the first situation.
1: series there was a record of one of the takes was 22 minutes long, and the per bim operator was just <laughs> looking at everybody with this look of pain and pl- please in his eyes like please yeah. cut. Yeah. So sometimes you let it run that long. So some some sketches that are a minute in the show yeah. are about 15 in in the, wow. f- in the full version.
0: Goodness, I mean that's a completely different way of of conceiving of of stuff. I don't think we've I don't think we've talked about a show that's been. Um, that has been done that way. What um so th- that was the process for series 1. You've just finished yeah, shooting series up 2 just
1: over a week ago. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um how, was that how did the process change or because you have kind of you've got the same people you're bringing in some new people We've got
1: the same all the same caster back yeah. which is great and we do have some new characters as yeah. well. We didn't have to do such a wide yeah. audition because there was a lot of people who were in last year's auditions that we just couldn't find a place yeah. for them, but we knew that person's brilliant, let's remember them, get yeah. them in for this. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of that this yeah. year as well.
0: That's something that people often forget, I think. Um, you know, lots of people listening to this podcast, you know, banging your heads against walls or feeling like it is. You don't know that if you turn up for something, it doesn't go your way there and then, that you will be... Remembered
1: absolutely, and suddenly
0: you'll just go, "Oh, do you remember we saw that person yeah. f- for this or that?" And
1: or I'll read a sketch someone will have sent and mm. think, "Oh, do you know who would be great at doing that?" Yeah, this person. So yeah, there's yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Um, were you uh, from a writing point of view? Were you going back? To, were there certain writers you came through series one <clears> who kind of just seemed to get the right tone? You just seemed mm. to get it that you went back to, or how how was that process different? Yeah,
3: because with series one, one of the things is, is not. No one really n- knew what the tone was. The writers yeah. didn't anyway. I mean, they had some, the producers had something in mind. And uh, we also didn't know what, what the rules were for this uh, yeah. fake organization. Um, so, you know, first year you probably would have got, and a little bit this year you'd get some scripts and it's like at the end of the sketch they arrest the guy. It's like, well, they're not the police. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's like, well, they, they give them a fine. And it's like, well, we've got to be very vague on what, what their powers yeah, yeah. are, you know. Um,
1: the fine could be from someone else. Yeah. They can, yeah, they're just informing yeah. them that a fine yeah. is coming from another organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a way around it. Uh, there is, <laughs> no,
0: There always is, and the audience sort of don't care yeah. as well. Yeah, of, you have to remember how much like they kind of just want you to get on with this joke. Yeah, especially and, A, that, and B, is because you have created your own, you know, we don't know what a soft border patrol unit looks like and what powers they have. They're sort of police, they're sort of customs, they're sort of... There could be any of these things, and when, yeah. when they were talking about the one I saw when they were um, pulled over that van with all of the um, the teething gel. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Which is true. That's based on I, real life. I, so. When I was
0: watching it, I was just thinking that just sounds—you wouldn't make that up. That that sounds <laughs> true, true to yeah, me. It's true. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I sort of believe that you could kind of do these things because I mean, you know, probably else, people who work for customs and excise, they actually have greater powers than the police. Yeah. They can enter your home. They don't need a warrant yeah. to enter your home. Right. If they think if they think you're breaking the law. With, with regard to VAT, yeah. they're coming in. Um, yeah,
1: and funnily enough, do you know who else has the, those kind of powers as yeah. well? Is um, the fishery officers Wow! in the Lox agency here in Northern Ireland who look after the foil and Carlingford. Okay. They can stop any car they want if they think that you are potentially doing anything that might harm the fish or the environment or poaching or yeah. anything like that. They're allowed to search your car and whereas the cops, are, you know, yeah. can't do that. So. Yeah,
0: that's. Looks like you've really looked that up. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, unless you. Unless I you...
1: honestly think I could fix all of this mess. <laughs> Send me over to sort it or
0: you you have a sideline where you secretly steal rare fish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that seems a more plausible explanation. <laughs> um, so. So you, you're going back to yeah, but you, you're trying to make it up as you go along. What were the powers, the police, or mm. the, the border yeah. patrol force? S- but, but now, what what happened this time around is. Uh,
3: all our writers can w- watch the show and yeah. and now you look at it and go okay that's the tone yeah um it's generally quite friendly yeah. like you said like you know it's just these regular guys on the ground and but they're all smiling you know yeah. it's, it's generally it's, it's genuinely really really positive considering it's it's like a disastrous situation but they're doing it as as kindly and as nicely as they yeah. can uh, so they know the tone of it now and they know who our main cast are yeah. and they're able to look at that and go well what were the the strengths of those yeah. of those characters is Alan good when he's confrontational with yeah. with somebody uh, yeah. who's afraid of or is he funnier when he's helping someone who is kind of less intelligent or yeah. you know weaker um, um, so it's it's you kind of know their personalities a bit better now uh,
0: so I think that w- was was a big yeah. help and did you did you discover any writers through this or were there people who were oh, uh,
1: absolutely who, I mean the the group that are in the writers room this year here in Belfast yeah. are, so talented so yeah. I can't remember how many about between 25 and 30 potentially or about yeah. 20 yeah um, and out of that you know nearly everybody did get something okay or at or least something that was developed idea. into something yeah, else yeah. Even, yeah. yeah so sometimes someone would send something and it, it doesn't work or the sketch doesn't work or it's not right for the show but we'll there might be some two lines that are absolutely yeah. hilarious and really yeah, work yeah. so we'll take that yeah and develop it that um, was
3: another thing we did was we had a, a, a day for the writers uh here in yeah, black Blackstaff, mm. uh where with uh myself marie rab uh christy and keith martin mm-hmm. from the writers room and so we had invited all the writers in mm. so everyone that was invited in has has demonstrated talent throughout the process yeah. of the writers room yeah whether they're pitching for radio stuff or uh short stuff or online comedy yeah um so they were invited there because they've you know yeah these guys are good um, yeah uh, so and then, then there's a couple a of, of new
1: people that I had never you know came yeah. across before who've written for this for the second series yeah. where I'm like oh I, I want to see loads more of your stuff yeah, and yeah. yeah so definitely it's a, it is a really great initiative yeah. here.
0: it's well. it sounds like they're sort of using it, it gets, it's, it's a bit of a rung on the ladder it's a bit of a bit of practice it's great raw material for you guys it feels like a really virtuous cycle um and so uh, you did three three episodes for series one. Is it three two or you managed to five. get five? Five. Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so that's a that's a lot more telly, a lot more writing be required. Yes. Yeah. And are you and, and when does that come out? That comes out in.
1: Well, there's no official date okay. um, launched yet, but we're hoping. Fingers crossed that it will be around March okay. next year in time For with Brexit. Reasons. Yeah,
0: ideally before a civil war starts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Christmas movie comes out at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So or they it, cancel Brexit, Brexit altogether. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes. I, yeah. Either way, it's, that border's soft and yeah, yeah. these stories make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, who, who knows? I mean, I think in a way, because you've now established this alternative reality, yeah. it seems to me that you're kind of... Kind of, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. We've that's another weird thing about it
3: is because the show essentially takes place post Brexit. We mm. never talk about the dates. No, no. Taking, we taking just say place. things like
1: since Brexit and yeah. Yeah. after Brexit and yeah. things
3: like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have. So it, it, that's the one gamble the show is taking. It has predicted it. It has predicted a future. Yeah. Um <laughs> But the only way for it not to come true uh, is for it to be a hard border, oh, and it's just never going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, no, but yeah,
0: there'll be. Because someone has to. The four horsemen of the apocalypse will return at that point, or something like that. (laughs) Civilization will end. Yeah. Um, And uh, it'll be, yes, we'll all be standing around flaming braziers, warming our hands. hope you're enjoying this podcast just interjecting to let you know that our new podcast series sitcom soup to nuts is out now dave and i are creating a brand new sitcom from basic idea to hopefully radio recording it's exclusive content for patreon subscribers so why not get along to patreon.com forward slash sitcom geeks and join us There are loads of other benefits too, including free copies of our books, access to a private Facebook group, and tons more audio content and full-length unedited interviews, like this one with the Soft Border Patrol guys, there's an extra 20 minutes on the Patreon page. So for that, and sitcom soup to nuts, and the first 10 page challenges, and lots more besides, go to patreon.com forward slash sitcom geeks. And now back to the interview. But yeah. So, uh, in terms of getting to where you've got to, there'll be people listening um, to this just thinking, "Well, that all sounds great." Um, I don't, I don't live in Northern Ireland, where they seem to look after writers and nurture them in some way. Um, there is a writers' room um, in England, obviously, um, although they have, although in England you'll be competing with uh, fifty-five million people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a slightly different uh, numbers game in that sense. But just going back to, you know, what when you see writers coming through and you're reading scripts and stuff, what what do you what mistakes are you seeing them make? What mistakes were you making? What advice would you have for them? You know, what what kind of stuff is do you, do you see? Um, I mean,
3: a mistake would be if they kind of just get the tone completely wrong. Yeah, it's like oh right instead of instead of watching the show and looking at sample scripts, they've decided they're just bringing their own material yeah. anyway that they've been working on and then you can kind of go well that doesn't really work you kind of yeah. watch the show and,
0: and deliberately write for it yeah. um, and you do get that don't you you do yeah. get people you just think wow what have you really not do, yeah. you, do you really hold this process in such contempt that you can't <laughs> be bothered to you know we could never use this yeah, um, yeah. but it's they, surprisingly common isn't it yeah that is that is um, I'm trying to think is there another anyone that
3: uh, kind of what I would call a mistake
1: Uh. <laughs> There might have been one or two times where they've maybe got the characters wrong. Right. Um, maybe the character personality. Like, okay. I think we might have got a sketch in for, for Alan's character of Sandy, which had him being quite mean okay. and quite harsh. And Sandy's just not like yeah. that. And he would never be like that. It's yeah. just not in that character's nature. So yeah. that's just little yeah. things like that. We
3: also had two or three different writers write a script that revealed that Alan's character of Sandy was an incredible singer that
0: yeah. performs a song. and No one just, bothered to check, was yeah. that true? You know, <laughs> yeah. could I play that? <laughs> you know, just, yeah. wow. Do I need, to, do I need to, to wait for second series to uh, to discover that? He,
1: def- well, he doesn't sing. No, I I oh, don't
0: okay. do what do I, do? I do sing in one scene, but badly. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, it sounds like you might have some pints on you. you uh, trust him. me,
2: I mean, there's a karaoke bar down the road, we can okay. do that later if you want, but right. I will prove you wrong. Okay, we're we'll hear you from
1: here. Um, <laughs> from a production point of view, though, Sometimes I think maybe some writers can be a bit overambitious with what right. what we could actually do in the show, and, and yeah. not just what wouldn't wouldn't work, but what we could afford yeah. as well. Like you know, I can't have a sketch talking about the soft border patrol submarine, right? You know, because I'm never going to get okay. access to a yeah. submarine. Did you get one of those? No, I didn't. Okay, no, I didn't. okay. but think, series three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, if, but if
0: there are 18 people on horseback, you think okay, that's going to be we could probably manage three. Yeah. But having said that, you kind of, it's often the way, isn't it? That you don't want to, you don't want to say no to anything because you don't know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. And you don't know, um, you know, it, the, th- the thing I learned filming, we did three series of Bluestone 4.2 in, in South Africa. The things you think are expensive might not be. The things that you just assume are straightforward are possibly illegal. Yep. or just po- just very very expensive or whatever. Yeah. And so I tend to find the way to just write it and let them figure it out and, and be aware that there won't ever be enough extras. Um, you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> that, no matter how many extras, you know, you need you, you would need 300 extras to make a film or a you know, a show feel like it's sufficiently populated. Yeah. Um, and it just oh man. That's Sometimes that's a a, a good learning experience for yeah. a writer what i
3: learned on this series was we'd have a sketch and let's say it's alan and then there's he's playing sandy and there's two people and then there's an extra person comes by uh and then you know marie and rab will say uh this is great really like this and marie will go um take i, I don't you know you gotta cut down on the speaking part mm-hmm. you gotta make it so that he's can you still do this joke this idea and touch yeah. on this topical story but have them only speaking to one person. Okay. And if there's another person there, um, can they not speak? And that might sound really stingy, but it's yeah. just like, uh, 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 you know, across the whole series, trying to make everything work under budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is good, but we've got to do it. And then you just, you're challenged to go back in and keep that joke alive, deliver it in a different way, but cut down on those expenses. Yeah, yeah. And it probably just improves it, you know, because yeah. it just tightens it.
2: Yeah, there was like a specific example of that, this series, where I'm talking to a bunch of people and they're not interested in what I'm saying. So initially they answered me, but logistics went were like, guys, could you not answer them? But that, that made it funnier because yeah. the whole point was that they didn't want to talk to me. So I'm right. rambling on, they completely ignore me
3: yeah, yeah. for uh, an extended yeah.
2: period. In that one it works. Because yeah.
3: I'm watching, now I spot that in TV shows, yeah. you know. EastEnders was on the other night and someone walked into the police station and, and admitted to a terrible crime. And there was like three policemen and another person standing there and everyone just looked at her in shock. <laughs> and no one spoke and then the scene cut and I went they're not allowed to speak because yeah. then I mean, we have to pay them an extra oh a money. lot more money a yeah. lot more but a sometimes it's
1: more. not even that especially the nature of the improv and the way it's shot yeah. and the way we record it as well if there's a Lot of people, yeah, and they're all talking, it's really hard to cut around that, and, yeah. it's, and you, you miss stuff because people talk over each other naturally yeah. as well. And so. you can't,
0: audio is way harder to fix, and yeah. people realize
1: absolutely it's the most important thing, yeah. So, especially in this, because sometimes what's said under the breath yeah. or what's a throwaway comment yeah. is the joke, and it's, yeah. it's or the it's funniest the bit to the end of the scene, or so,
0: um, yeah, I think you know, and when you when it comes to what you're seeing, sometimes you can just push in slightly or you can fix it. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of or extra coterie's. angles yeah. if you haven't got the sound. Yeah. And ADR, is, it's, it's still amazing to me. I, <laughs> this is how boring I am. But uh, my wife uh, used to work in, in television as well. But occasionally when, we, when we're watching TV and we hear something that's obviously been done with ADR, one of us or both of us would just shout dub. Yeah. <laughs> and we get a weird satisfaction from that. Spotlight, yeah, yeah, it's spotting the dub. <laughs> um but um but it is amazing how hard it is to fix that. Did you um did any of the writers come on to set? Did you get any of that or is it just too It's, just, it's
1: too busy because yeah. we we pack a lot into yeah. the days. I mean the in the first series, the first AD, who who'd never really done a mockumentary before, yeah. and, or that sort of process. No one here has really hmm. got that experience. So the first the first series, he came onto the set on the first day and came walking up to me with really concerned face with the call sheet going, we're never going to shoot all this. Yeah. I'm Noddy and the director and I were both like, he hated us by the end of it because we just kept going, no, it's improv, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> it was so different to what... Everything that they've learned, all yeah. the rules that you have for set, all the rules that ads have and stuff, yeah. it just goes out the window completely.
0: Yeah. The person
1: guys as well. On the first day, we're like, we don't know who to be following, yeah. we don't know when well, someone's going to speak. I ask,
0: and that would be hard because you know, in a in a in, in TV comedy, which has a proper full on script, as it were, you're shooting seven or eight pages, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But you don't have pages in quite the same sort of way. Yeah, you know?
1: they, it's. We have pages, but then to count them in the same way would yeah. be, is incorrect. So it's natural. it's natural for a first lady it. to take a whole page and go right. Well, that's you know six eighths. Yeah. But sometimes that six eighths might take twenty minutes. Yeah. And sometimes it might take five. Sometimes it might yeah. take an hour. So yeah. it's really hard to gauge. Yeah. Unless you've kind of been doing it. And yeah. the comedy unit have been doing it so much that they they're like you will get it done. So after the first couple of days, I was like, can we do every show like this, please? Ah, so.
0: right. No,
1: <laughs> no.
0: Um, sometimes it's better when they write it down first. Um, sorry, that's all I've got. I've got in the ass I can't do improv. I I'm not um, This is this this this. Your way is not open uh, open to me. Um, so just to wrap up, then um, it would be. Good. Uh, just to, yeah, to talking about the mistakes the writers make, they maybe write something that you obviously can't film, but again, you s- sort of want to temper that with, you don't quite know, so maybe you know, mm-hmm. pitch stuff anyway. What in terms of, I mean, it sounds like there's lessons here to be learned in terms of uh, persistence and just like finding a way, and there you were making stuff almost basically pre-YouTube. Yeah, um, before YouTube, and then sending just it on to, that
3: bandwagon, and, and that started in 2006, I think yeah. I was already trying to see what that was. Um, so but so but also, none it. of
0: you were overawed by the process of making television necessarily, because you'd all had a bit of... I, either in terms of, you guys knew about the nuts and bolts, um, I mean, and Alan, you knew about the kind of listening, responding, just kind of not getting faced by the fact that there are people around you, you know, you get that in clubs all the time, it's, it's sort of fine... So there were those kinds of skills as well to put in place. Um, Yeah, there was a lot of people there who had some
3: experience in in comedy and entertainment uh, and all that helps. And the actors are, there were stand-ups but there's also, a few of them have done a lot of improv before. You're right. Um, Diona Doherty, for example, plays Tracy on the show. We used to be in a sketch group together. You know, Anytime there's a scene that records So what's
0: a sketch group? You were in a sketch group together. Oh, a few years ago. <laughs> okay.
3: uh, I, I was in this, um, when I came up here and started working on TV and I, I, I wanted to do something. I'd done stand-up in Dublin I was like, well, I want to do sketch comedy now and kind of share the blame. Okay. So uh, we started, me and a, a guy called Jordan Dunbar and Tom Flight, um, we started a sketch group called FNT. It was like Friday Night Therapy. It was supposed to be okay. just our way of doing Saturday Night Live in the local comedy theatre. Okay. Um, and so we would produce that, uh, everyone would, would write and perform okay. and I would also make the the videos that we'd play on a projector screen next to the stage so we'd go off to a costume change and, and play a video. Uh, we did one fringe run with that uh, and that was all, all fine. Um, but yeah, you just, you have to keep on making stuff and, yeah. and don't, you know, there's some people who write one script and they're sitting around for years going, when is someone going to, Commissioned this and just like you have to never stop writing yeah never stop putting on shows and you can see the comedy scene wasn't great here uh you know a a good few years ago and the local comedians have this generation of comedians have had to build it up just themselves and now they've and, and and during that time youtube uh you know youtube now exists uh they're able to build online followings yeah. and do it their own way because it was almost like there's no there was no infrastructure for comedians no, to manage themselves. I
2: think a lot of the comedians here that have sort of become, are now making a full-time living at it and everything else. It wasn't because of the old-fashioned infrastructure. It's been mm-hmm. online videos and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, which now means they can go to England, Scotland sell mm-hmm. out gigs, yeah. which wouldn't have been really been possible because even if they had got a TV show here in all likelihood without iPlayer, nobody outside of here is ever going to see it anyway. Right, you know? So... The old infrastructure has kind of died out and allowed them to have that option yeah. to you know yeah, create yeah.
0: their own audience. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of doing stuff, making stuff. You you know you're doing a live show with video inserts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of finding out what you can do, isn't it really? Yeah, and I think all writing. the while you're saying just keep writing, just keep writing. It's you know a script. I think sometimes people think that a script is like. When's am I going to produce this? And also, this this script is my is my ticket to being a writer. Like no no, if you even if that is commissioned, you'll then have to write five more. Everyone forgets that in about four months. (laughs) Yeah, you've taken four years to write the first one. And you will then have to write a lot. They act like a commission as a, as a
3: comedy win, as a, a lottery win. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, me for life now. You <laughs> we will make your sitcom and that you know you get to chill out next to a pool in, in L.A. Yeah. And it's like, no, now it's going to get terrifying.
1: Because
3: yeah. now, now they've paid you, there's a contract and you have to write this. Yeah. And you told everyone you were funny. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm not gonna laughs> and they're going to say you have to prove it, yeah. So it, it only gets, uh, gets harder after you get your f- kind of first credit. But that's you know you know that going into it. Yeah. You know all the risks it is before you get yeah. into it, and if you still want to do it, then yeah. then go for it. You know. Yeah. Otherwise... You, have to, you have to love it, otherwise you won't make. Yeah.
0: It. No, that's it, and that's one of the things that we've learned quite a lot on this podcast recently is just how, just talking to people like you know Barry Cryer and people like that, is they, they just love comedy, and they just they have to do it because they just want to do it, and it, it doesn't matter who they're doing it with or where or how or even how much they get paid. You know, obviously you want to pay the mortgage, but, mm. but actually loving comedy and loving what you do or loving writing, um, for me it's comedy writing rather than mm. writing. Writing is something that I have to do in order to write comedy. You know, you can't write comedy without writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just sort of just trying lots and lots of different uh, different ways in. Um, and lastly were there any sort of sitcoms in the last sort of five ten years where you were that you watched that you've really learnt from or you just thought oh wouldn't it be good to get that kind of thing in or that or you know so that your own writing or performing has been or producing has been modified I mean Scott Squad presumably is a very big
1: yeah, huge. influence
0: in that yeah sense. well
3: we had you know that was you know especially when I was asked to pitch ideas for it and to audition for a Scott Squad was, was, uh, for South Border Patrol yeah um, I just went and watched all of Scott Squad you know study, study the, yeah. what they've done before you know and
0: I think and that really helped but uh, you mean in, in
3: general yeah just, just in general look- yeah
0: just in terms of writing or stuff that you've found you know as touch points there's obviously the stuff as kids like Billy Connolly and all that mm. but um, and that stays with you a long time doesn't it yeah, yeah. it really does I, <laughs> I mean, think of Billy Connolly pretty much every time I wash my hair in the shower and I'm thinking of jojoba. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what's jojoba all of a sudden? I just love the way he says all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's loads of, uh, like, my favourite sitcoms are things like 30 uh, Rock. Yeah. Uh,
3: and, um, you know, I, I love of teddy IT crowd, things like that. But from a writing point of view, I've been... Because when you're writing, you're always trying to start your story yeah. and have your character have a goal and, and, and have that move along and resolve at the end and maybe learn a lesson. Uh, and... I realised the show that does that seem, more than anything is more than f- Modern Family mm. because it's like and I start telling writers that I was working with watch watch the, the pre-title sequence of Modern Family and they're going to set up six stories and then after yeah. that you're going to jump into those stories and at the end they'll all intersect and then everyone will fight and they'll make up and they'll learn their lesson uh, and that show's 21 minutes long yeah. so how do they do that yeah. and then I download a script and I looked at it and I'm like a scene that in my head was probably a minute long is actually a quarter of a page or a third of a page and you're like, that's how they do it. Yeah. Economy of writing. Yeah. And getting to the actual meat and bones of it. It might feel like exposition or an, an info dump. Uh, but then again, so is the beginning of a good law and order. Yeah. Where they just throw information at you for a minute <laughs> yeah, and a it's... half and go ding ding and then they start investigating. So yeah. Uh, I think that's really good from a story, from a not just comedy writing or joke telling, yeah. but from a, a story writing and structure point of view, it's worth looking at a modern family script. It's
0: yeah. funny to mention that. I've been writing a blog post this this very morning and one of the things was, I've just been reading quite a lot of uh, scripts recently and just thought, so often, as we regularly say on this podcast, people, if if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can send us your first 10 pages and we'll, we'll read them and do a, a podcast for Patreon only uh, members the main problem of the first 10 pages is almost always the same. Nothing happens. Yeah. Um, And the number of scripts you read where basically nothing happens, or a lot of stuff appears to happen, but nothing actually happens. Yeah. Lots of characters say stuff. We're in multiple locations, and you think, nothing's actually happened. And then go to, you know, go to a modern family, you've got 21 minutes, and within seven minutes, they've started... All these stories and move them on at least once yeah with a split between nine ten eleven characters it's incredible and, yep. I, and people seem to love the fact that our oh, modern families not as good as it used to be you go oh what so it's now only excellent <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah because the first three series were flawless they were amazing you know one of the, to the point where I just thought I might as well give up I could never do that and now occasionally I watch an episode just think ah, oh, that that wasn't perfect I could have written bits of that <laughs> with a lot of hand-holding uh, and those incredibly well-established defined characters where yeah. it kind of writes itself. Um, but, yeah, no, story-wise, it's it's really efficient, isn't it, in terms of... See, I've done a lot of that.
3: Uh, I worked for the writer's room for a bit, reading sitcom scripts yeah. of new writers. And, yeah, it's the same thing. It's a lot of people talking. Or the, the most famous trope, if you've read a lot as well, it, it's... it's um, it's a, it's a male character and his girlfriend's just dumped him and the best friend wants him to go out and, and get laid or yeah. whatever. Uh, and I'm still surprised how many times I get that exact yeah. few pages from, from so many writers in, yeah. in
0: those opening pages. Uh, Shane Allen, the head of comedy at the BBC, has, we, at, at the last BBC Writers Festival in London, in, in, in Stratford, uh, he just, he's, you know, I, I did ask, what scripts are you really bored of reading? And he said, oh, somebody gets fired and comes home to find that his wife has left him or is having an affair and it's like oh okay and i see both of those things are events they're not a story yeah there's something that's happened to somebody um and they're kind of incitement inciting incidents i guess but they are but it's just it's not really i, I think it's just because we've seen a lot now yeah. i know it has worked in lots of
3: stuff you know i've there's Loads of film, you know. I love Happy Gilmore, for example. He gets dumped okay. at the start, you okay. know. A wedding singer, he gets dumped at the start. So I'm just stick him at Adam Sandler. The first, uh, <laughs> yes, the, right. the, we talked about space earlier on. The opening scene, the space, is a, a breakup scene, yeah. And then we know that Simon Pegg's character and that has essentially has that trope, mm. but they do that in such an
0: original way, yeah. yeah. And uh, the pace that Edgar Wright gets into it almost... I mean, yeah. the, the direction of that is almost a character, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's, it's such a strong house style. where mm. It's just like that bang, 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 here we go. Yeah, they do not um, want to bore you. Exactly. Edgar yeah. Wright
3: does not want you to look away from the screen for a second because you're, yeah. it's not interesting.
0: Like, it. Yeah. Any other uh, inspiring uh, sitcoms that sort of have you? I don't you? know if
1: it's really classed as a sitcom, but um, Fleabag, for me, I think okay. was a massive, massive... Mm-hmm. Right. Huge game changer, just the way the way it was shot, obviously the story, making you really like an asshole. Right, okay. Which is really, I think, a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, just breaking that wall as well. Like, right. Just something about that, that I really love shows that do that, like yeah. Modern Family, even yeah. though it's kind of slight with them, but I just, I thought it was a massive game changer. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, yeah, that's... Watched rubric. it twice in a row. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, like there and then, as it, were, you just, like... Watched
1: them and then...
0: Watched them all again. Said
1: to someone about, oh, you need to watch this. And then I just watched them all again.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, again, you're going back to, the, you have to see this. You have to see this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of boringly evangelical. I mean, partly about Jesus, but also evangelical <laughs> about certain comedy <laughs> as well. Do you uh, enjoy it? Li- I am literally evangelical. Um, but, um, but, yeah, about comedy as well, where it's just like, you know, you've got to watch this, Mum and Dad. It's a grand day out. And yeah. they go to the moon, and it's really funny. And that amazing joke where they're on the moon, and... Um, they've got a ball, and he just like, throws a ball in the air and just uh, boots it up in the air with his knee and waits for it to come down. And it doesn't come down. Um, I just sort of... I love that. I love that. Um, Alan, any, for you, any sort of... St- I've found over the last couple
2: of years that I've really started to gravitate towards any sort of sitcom okay. where there's a lot of warmth to it. Like, you like the character. The character doesn't have to be a nice person. Monkey Dust, we're back to you aren't aren't Monkey we? Dust is... I mean, I've <laughs> watched it, so yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it may be redundant now but things like um, my wife and I watched Parks and Rec right through and I was like you know this is you like everybody in it even the ones that are terrible people Um, Peep Show had the same effect for me although they are a bit more sociopathic Um, and actually weirdly I just finished watching Frasier through for the first time I was like this only works because Frasier has a kind of format to it there's a lot of if you guys had had a chat about this at the start it would be fine Um, (laughs) but it works because you love the yeah. people in it, yeah. you know, for different reasons. But yeah. um so yeah, I've went from all the let's look at let's watch terrible people for half an hour to let's watch
0: either nice or terrible people, but that are likable. You know. So you you now you get you lovely down and you want a bit more sociopathy. Is that what you're saying? Well, or, yeah. I mean, I'll take, think, I'll take some lovely. Them, do you think they making them lovable is almost cheating? Is like
2: yeah, if somebody's a really nice guy and you know, it's yeah. like then you I it, I think it does sometimes happen where you see like a really nice character in a sitcom. And you just feel bad for them. It's not particularly funny because right. you, it bums you out to see a big happy person be crushed. So it's nicer to see somebody who you know is terrible be crushed. It, yeah, but you, you can identify it. with that. No, I'm not saying I'm terrible, but <laughs> yeah, no, sure. you know. no, we are we are all terrible. Um, so uh, back I've called myself ugly and terrible so far in this yeah. interview. This
0: is yeah, no, well, you've, you've you've fought your corner pretty well. Um I think our time is is up so um I'm so grateful for you guys um and I really hope we get series 2 out before the, the European Civil War. Um, <laughs> yeah. there, was a, there was a thirty years war in 1618. Uh, oh, sixteen eighteen. We're just uh, the thir- we're at four hundredth anniversary of a war in Europe. Oh right oh, It's years. about
1: time for one. though. now war. we're
3: looking for
0: a true European army. Apparently that's what. Yes America's that's right. Talking about. And presumably at some point the Antichrist. Um, so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that that took a strange turn didn't it? Um, but anyway uh, Marie Mark and Alan I'm so grateful for you coming in and uh, and good luck with the second series. Can't wait to have a look. And um, thanks for listening, everyone, and speak to you soon. Bye-bye.
3: Great, thank you.